You're listening to That's How We Go from Need for Speed World, released July 27th, 2010, composed by Mick Gordon. Welcome to another episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show this week, I don't even know, it's Frank. (laughs) What a hell of an intro. Thanks. Hi, guys. I don't have anything funny. I mean, I I don't want to just keep saying the the food truck king. I feel like that's getting stale, kind of like your your wieners. No, they're not stale. Real quick, if you'd be so kind, head on over to Apple Podcast or whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on and drop us a rating and a review on there to help our visibility in terms of search results so that our show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now, patreon.com forward slash RPG era. You can head on over there, check out our tiers, see what we're doing. Go check out the Sunday Smoke Sesh from this past Sunday. It's a lot of fun. 
If you're not on Patreon yet, you're missing two bonus episodes of BG Mania. We have one for Rainbow Billy, the Curse of the Leviathan, and the Star-Lord Space Rider, I think is the name of the album, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes. From Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, those are our two bonus episodes up so far. We do have another bonus episode upcoming later in December, obviously, one per month for Patreon, so stay tuned for that. Again, patreon.com forward slash RPG era if you're not currently over there. You should be. This week on the show, we are doing our composer appreciation episode for September of this year. (laughs) September, October, oh, four months. Yeah, Yeah, this should have been done back in September. This came and went right before we came back from our extended hiatus. I think we missed doing the composer appreciation by one or two weeks, but since we normally do those at the beginning of the month, we just decided to kick it and do two composer appreciations back-to-back in December. So, obviously, Frank and I have had some struggles over the past week getting together to record this episode, but it's getting done now. So this should be out likely, well, likely that they were recording it. It'll probably post on Monday, December 6th. And then hopefully later this week, we'll get our second composer appreciation done. The one that was supposed to be posting normally for this month. So two back-to-back composer appreciation episodes. Kind of fun. But for this September one, we are actually doing Mick Gordon. However... Well, we're not, well, we're not doing Mick Gordon. We're focusing. No, we're, we're focusing on Mick Gordon, sure. However, if you missed the news... We did announce on this past week's episode of the Max Level Podcast that we are in the process of getting together an RPG-era network of podcasts. You know, not necessarily all produced by me, but, you know, just kind of shows that we're partnering up with. And the first show that we have kind of put under the RPG-era umbrella is Very Good Music, a VGM podcast, co-hosted by friends of the show Bedroth and Shoot Kapow. Another excellent VGM podcast. I love that podcast. The, I really do. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, constantly, I'm constantly gushing about it in the uh, Discord. If you have, if you're not in the Discord, you're missing out. Yeah, they're good. Good stuff. Uh, but yeah, they're under the RPG umbrella, RPG RPG era umbrella, and they recently, alongside Alex Messenger, did a spotlight on Mick Gordon as well. So since that uploaded. Prior to our episode posting, since we were a little behind in getting the Mick Gordon Composer Composer Appreciation episode finished, we decided that not only would we not play anything that we haven't played before, but there's also no crossover tracks with the episode from Very Good Music as well. So if you're interested... Made made me change quite a few. Well, yeah, but that's okay. It's it's okay. I I found gems. Because now, if you like what you hear here... You can head on over to Very Good Music and get even more from Mick Gordon in another, basically, Composer Appreciation episode. <laughs> I think between the five of us, we covered it all. Yeah, we definitely are We definitely are hitting the spectrum with Mick Gordon here. So I'm pretty excited about today's episode because Mick is someone, I think you are probably more of a fan of his style of music than I am. Obviously, I love the heavy metal style, but... I tend to gravitate more towards a different sound, whereas I feel like the sound that Mick Gordon produces is your sound. It's very it's the, soundtrack to my, the soundtrack to my soul. Yeah, it's very extreme. It's very uh, doom metal esque, you know, fittingly because he does the music for Doom, but it's doom metal as well. And it's funny because he's already, he's actually younger than you. He's one year older than me. He was born on July 9th, nineteen eighty five. 
So he's only been active in the scene in terms of producing soundtracks for video games since about 2006. That is so odd. Like I, when I was, because I was doing the research, I was like, no way, like there's no way in hell that it's 2006. He had to go all the way back. No. No. Well, he was born right around the same time we were, so. And look, and look what we've accomplished. Nothing. But in 2006, he was 21 years old, or maybe 20 when the first game came out. Maybe he hadn't turned 21 yet. But either way, he was 20 or 21 years old in 2006, and that's about the right time to break in. It's just, you don't realize Mick Gordon is as young as he is right away. Like, it just feels like he's been in the industry so much longer because of how long Doom has been in the industry and him being synonymous with the franchise. But he didn't start working on Doom until 2016. So that's pretty crazy. But yeah, 2006 was Hot Dog King, as well as Destroy All Humans 2, where he did music and sound design. So you I'm assuming... Me the hot do- you could have called me the Hot Dog King in the intro then. Son of a I could have. You're right. I didn't think about that. The Hot Dog King himself. We'll fix it in but post. He did, he did music for that. So I'm assuming... And I couldn't find anything. So... Likely that's his first work. And then you would jump to 2007 for Nicktoons Attack of the Toy Bots, which there is a track from that over on Very Good Music if you're interested. But we started off with Need for Speed World, which is a game that I've never played. I think it was a, like, not necessarily MMO style of Need for Speed, but it was this massively multiplayer connected world in Need for Speed. World of Need for Speedcraft? Pretty much. Something like that. It's just funny that Mick Gordon did the entire soundtrack for Need for Speed World by himself. And not only that, we also have a track coming up in our in our first block of music from Need for Speed Shift, I think is the name of the game. Yeah, Need for Speed Shift the Run, which he also did the music for. So we're getting started with some Need for Speed. Not where you think we would start with Mick Gordon, but as we normally do with these episodes, we start with the earliest stuff that we have and go through the most recent. So these blocks aren't like three from me, three from Frank. These are going to be just dispersed accordingly. Although the first uh, block will be all you, and then the next block will be all me. Um, no, 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 I don't think so. Yeah, you have our, you have the first Killer Instinct track. So that one was the one you chose there. Oh, the first yeah. block of music, you not me. Too. Gotcha. All right. Yeah, I do. I do have one as well from Killer Instinct season one. But I'm excited to rock out to some Mick Gordon today. And speaking of rocking out, if you've not checked out our uh, hair metal radio show called Sunset Stripped, it is slowly becoming available on all podcast services. I'm fairly certain it's on Apple Podcasts now. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced that that show is going to survive on Apple Podcasts because of the radio show nature. However, go support it. Go check it out. I've, I've been getting some positive feedback. We'll find other places for it if Apple doesn't love us. Well, that's fine. Spotify is going to never kick us off. So (laughs) we do good numbers on Spotify. I don't think they're going to kick us off, but I am excited to get into the music today. I'm excited to talk about all of these games. I'm excited to talk about the music that Mick Gordon has composed. And again, if you like what you hear, go check out Very Good Music, a VGM podcast where they also did a highlight on Mick. But let's jump to our first block of three tracks here. We're sticking with Need for Speed World for the opening track. And then we have Need for Speed Shift in the middle. And then we're going to start off listening to some music from Season 1 of Killer Instinct. 
So let's kick out to these three tracks. We'll be right back after that. You're listening to Static from Need for Speed World, released July 27th, 2010, composed by Mick Gordon.
You're listening to Timed Race Theme Number 2 from Need for Speed The Run, released November 15th, 2011, composed by Mick Gordon. You're listening to Hinema Tomb from Killer Instinct Season 1, released November 22nd, 2013, composed by Mick Gordon.
Light and coming back in, we are talking about Static from Need for Speed World. You mentioned it right when we started listening to it. I love the slow build that this track has at the beginning, but it never really like hits like a Mick Gordon track normally does, right? It's it's a different side of Mick, almost like... I don't want to say a slower side, but like the, so- like, like the softer side of Sears, like a like the softer side of Sears, exactly. <laughs> That's a nice dated reference for everybody out there. It it's not your typical metal, your typical rock. There's you know some elements of that in there, but it's more instrumental. It's more uh, experimental. I don't know. I like this track. I could see if I was playing Need for Speed World, this is likely a track that I would kind of gravitate back toward, like, on the in-game radio and listen to over and over while flying around the city. I like listening to the slower stuff on Forza right now when I'm driving around Mexico. Like, well, actually, I just put my own music on Spotify at this point, but when I was listening to the in-game radios, I would put on the the classical music channel, dude. I just any, ru- <laughs> any video game that has driving around and music, I play the hell out of the soundtracks. Even Brutal Legend, I would sit there in the car and just play all my metal songs. Yeah, Brutal Legend did have a good soundtrack. I mean, what a, what a decent game that was, too. It wasn't great, but it was pretty good for its time. Um, I think, weren't they going to make it? I think they were going to make a sequel, and then it fell through or something. I'd have to go back and do some research. They can never make a sequel, no, not, 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 not with a Lemmy not around. No, probably not. But yeah, I, I like opening this block with this track, obviously. I mean, we would do things in order, so we had to anyway. But this gets to show a much different side of Mick Gordon than I think we're going to hear the rest of the episode. There might be some other fun stuff kind of in here. There's definitely just just knowing what I have, there's definitely some things that you wouldn't expect, but uh I was yeah. going to say there's going to be some there's going to be some fun stuff in here, but a majority of what we're going to hear moving forward after this block of music is going to be pretty rocking. <laughs> it's going to be pretty metal. The middle track we heard was that the we timed into? yeah, shift the run, not really. Uh, I combined two games. There's Need for Speed Shift and Need for Speed The Run. He did do music on both of those games, but the track we actually played was from Need for Speed The Run, which came out in 2011. It's called Timed Race Theme Number 2. This kind of, again, it's not metal, but you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of, like, FPS music. Yeah, I can see that. Call of Duty, Battlefield. Titanfall. I don't know. It, it, it even has a bit of a spy element to it. Like, like when you, when you Metal hear Gear. Metal yeah, Gear. Exactly. Like, it's it doesn't necessarily sound like a racing game. Not that that's a bad thing. I love the way this sounds. It just, it almost feels like it would fit more, like like you were saying, in a spy game or like I was saying, in like a shooter or something. When you said, when you said Metal Gear, it like just clicked in my head like, yes, this is perfect. This, is, this, this could be a Metal Gear track. And now I want McCord to do a Metal Gear game. That would be dope. I think they are. I think uh, Konami is working on uh, bringing back Metal Gear, so maybe they should hit up Mick Gordon to do the soundtrack. That'd be awesome. It doesn't oh, look yeah. like... Neat- Need for Speed The Run is not a game that I played. Uh, this was on PC, Xbox 360, PS3, 3DS, and Wii. It's sitting in the 60s on all platforms on Metacritic, so it's not that highly rated. And when you have the runs, you have the need for speed. Oh, Jesus, I guess that's true. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's <laughs> so stupid. I know. <laughs> Our last track in that block, probably my favorite track that from that block, that was one that you actually submitted from season one of Killer Instinct. The name of that one is Hinamatum, the character theme for Thunder. Chief Thunder. I, oh, yeah. Chief Thunder. I like the way this mixes elements of rock, elements of metal, elements of, like, Native American tribal music, tribal chanting. This is a dope track, dude. I forgot how good this one was. I mean, there's a lot of good music just from this soundtrack alone. I mean, he did the whole soundtrack, but... Yeah, to season one and season two only. I think there was a yeah. season three and four that he wasn't involved there's with. There's a season three, and then they didn't call it season four. They called it post-season three. Uh, no, whatever. He didn't do music for any of those, though. No, but oh my god. He just he knocked that out of the park for these, and I loved Killer Instinct. Um, I, I Admittedly, I only played seasons one and two. I liked Killer Instinct back on the Super Nintendo. Uh, back in 94. <laughs> back in the arcades. I tried to get into the new Killer Instinct when it released on Xbox One. I think I, tr- I eventually played it on PC when, when Game Pass hit. Um, I just couldn't get into it. I don't know. When it first came out, it was a little rough. Kind of you know, like kind of come up my, my big gripe about Street Fighter V, how like, they kind of released it incomplete. Um they didn't have well, they had, that, they had that season mentality at the time, right? Like, well, we'll just do it in seasons, and it doesn't have to be a complete game at the time. But combo breakers were always, like, the biggest thing. That was like That's kind of like what Killer Instinct was known for, the combo breaker. Well, yeah, that's that, that's its mainstay. That's its main mechanic that everybody yeah, didn't, knows didn't show about up until season, Didn't show up until Season 2. Like, come on, Like, bro. fatalities in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Like, that would be like Mortal Kombat 12 launching without fatalities. What if it did? Don't, don't put that out there. Don't, don't, don't put that evil out there, Ricky Bobby. Uh, you know, you know. There's rumors that Mortal Kombat 12 is going to pop up at the Game Awards on Thursday night. Well, I'm what if hoping. It, what if they? I'm hoping what they if it showed up and, with no fatalities. No, please don't. But I'm hoping they a announce PC-friendly inju- Mortal Kombat. It'll be Injustice 3, and then they'll, it'll lead into a secret Mortal Kombat 12 trailer. I don't hate that idea. I don't hate that idea. If they had Injustice 3 pretty much already ready to go, like you know, watching next year maybe or early next year, that would be kind of cool. I, uh, you know what? If you tell me Mortal Kombat 12 is coming out December of next year, I'll be happy. I just want to know that it's coming. Oh, it's definitely coming. It's definitely coming. And I think, and I don't think Killer Instinct is done either. I wouldn't be surprised. When did season, or sorry, when did post season three come out? I was going to say, when did season I, four come I out? I want to say 16. Um, I'm post season three was, damn, doesn't say. A third three. season oh, wait. along with the port was 2016. Okay, so yeah, it's been about five years. So then we might be due for a new Killer Instinct announcement soon. I can't imagine Microsoft is just going to, like, abandon it. Sign me up. I'll play it. I'll buy it. I would de- I would definitely play it. I would definitely, uh... Oh, so the, the team that made Extinction is the team that did Killer Instinct Season 2 and 3. Extinction sucked. Oh, what a, what a crappy game. Let's give it to a new team. Let's let us let someone else take a, take a shot Justifies. at Killer Instinct. <laughs> yeah, let's let uh, Hazelight Studios make Killer Instinct. <laughs> I love this track, though. I really do. I think Mick Gordon, like we were saying, absolutely killed this in terms of his fusion of of metal and, like, that Native American... Oh, dude, I, I can just picture, like, in moments of the track where they're chanting, like, dancing around a fire. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just has that feel to it. No, it's it's, it's really cool. I mean, honestly, like, 
if you haven't checked out before, there's some really good like Native American music out there. I live in an area that has a, a pretty high concentration. So yeah, I, you I, actually I, are in. You are in a. What's the main uh, tribe over there? The Pueblo. Is it? Well, is that yeah. what they're actually known as? I think so. Otherwise, I'm being racially insensitive, and I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm looking it up. I'm checking. I'm there. <laughs> but, 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 like, but I hear on. I listen to college radio a lot out here because they play a lot of hits. Uh, but they, they play some of that too, and there's some pretty good stuff out there. I've actually heard Native American rap, uh, which you wouldn't expect to be. You know, just like you don't expect Spanish rap to be that great. It was great. So let's see the eerie tribe kind of ruled Ohio. I was gonna say that's by you. Yeah, the eerie tribe was Ohio. My dad was. I don't remember the exact, like, percentage or fraction, but he had a decent amount of Cherokee blood in him. So I that's that's the tribe that I have in me. It's not much. Um, I double-checked. It, it is it's absolutely the Pueblo tribe. That's why we're named after them. Well, there's so... I, I've seen a ton in, well, uh, there's, there's, in there's, that a, area. There's, there's, a, there's a lot, but the, the main res out here, which isn't too far from me, uh, is Arapaho. Arapaho. Yeah. Arapaho, yeah, that's, that's just north of you. And the Navajo, the Apaches over there. The Utes, shout out to them. Did they win? Did they lose? I don't remember if they lost this weekend in college football. Oh, I thought you said the, the Utes from my cousin Vinny. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Utes. That's the name of the, U- the Utah uh, yeah, college football yeah. team as well. U-T-E, yep. Yeah, yeah, the Utes. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, let's jump to another block of tracks here. We have another track from season one of Killer Instinct. This is one that I submitted. And then Frank has music from season two of Killer Instinct. And then I think, yeah, I submitted the track from Wolfenstein, the uh, New Order, because that's the only, because that was the one Wolfenstein you didn't select from. So I made sure to cover that one. So we're going to kick to this My block. Man. We'll be back after these three. You're listening to Ballet of Death from Killer Instinct season one. Released November 22nd, 2013, composed by Mick Gordon.
You're listening to Herald of Gargos from Killer Instinct Season 2, released October 15th, 2014, composed by Mick Gordon, featuring Christopher DeLeon on vocals.
You're listening to Kill Everyone from Wolfenstein The New Order, released May 20th, 2014, composed by Mick Gordon. Right, and we just listened to some crazy stuff. But let's talk about that first track that we started that block off with from season one of Killer Instinct. That was the Ballet of Death, which is whose character's theme? You looked it up. Uh, it was Sadira, the assassin. Kind of, like, she's kind of like your Melina type. Okay, I think this might be my favorite track from Killer Instinct. And what we're starting to hear with this block of music from Mick Gordon is his fusion of that metal and rock and especially like doom metal style with dubstep and jet. Like he's very good at those two styles as well and combining it all together. And with the three tracks that we just heard, we're starting to get that, and it's going to stick out more and more as we move into the episode now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As, as his career progresses, he leans into it a lot more. Absolutely. And there are some tracks that he did on certain soundtracks that were very leaning heavy into the dubstep side of things. And I don't mind that. Like, I kind of like that style. So, especially when it's done I, I, right. I love a good web web every once in a while. Yeah. And, and when it's done right... Like, it just sounds so cool, and I feel like Mick Gordon gets that in the way that he's able to blend it with that heavy metal style. It's just, it's just freaking awesome, dude. So, this track is very, very sick. Uh, I love the name of it, too, Ballet of Death, because it really does sound, like, when you're listening to it, it really does sound like a ballet of death. It really yeah, does. It's, it has some pretty good movements to it. It's nice and dark. That was a great track. 
Yeah, very cool. Uh, they had that moment kind of in, in the middle where it slows down a little bit and then kind of builds back up to to craziness. Now, this track, when it started, had a lot to do with, like, insects and bugs. Is that part of her character? It could have been part of, like, the, the story. Or part of the stage, maybe? I'm curious. I, I would need to go back and I mean, do more research on that. She, she, she's an assassin. And again, it's been years since I played this one. I'm assuming it was a bunch of dead bodies and rotting, you know. Yeah, so maybe the flies and stuff. Maybe, maybe that's where that comes from. I don't really know. Uh, good track, though. Really good pick. Our middle track was from season two of Killer Instinct, and that was Herald of Gargos, or Omen's theme, and that was from you, and that was plainly obvious. Yep, I lean into the metal, but it, has a, it had a really nice part at the end. Like, it got emotional at the end. Uh, yeah, actually, like, what, like, what, I, I like remember, three, minute, three, or, three or four minutes in or something, it slows down, there's a little bit of a nice melody, and then the guitar kicks back in. It's it's very different from the uh, death metal, I guess, is the best. Because it's not really screamo. It's basically no. death metal at this point that we're into. Uh, mixed with, like, I don't want to say, like, opera singing. But what would you call that? Like, what she's doing in the background? I guess you kind of call it chanting. I mean, a little bit. The, 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 the guy a little bit who, of, like, uh, chanting. The guy who performed on this, uh, Christopher DeLeon, is a tech. He's, he's Texas-based. He's a death metal singer in a death metal group called Cryptic Mutation, spelled K-R-Y-P-T-I-K. So you know he could probably get a job with the Mortal Kombat guys. <laughs> Got the benefit of the K. <laughs> there you go, sir. Um, but yeah, it just this song just oozes evil, like which makes sense because the the, the Herald of Gorgos. Burgos was the bad guy, the, the, the main evil entity in Killer Instinct 2. So like, everything came back that he's, you know, he's the guy who's trying to resurrect him. And he's got this freaking badass theme, dude. Like, it just slaps so hard. It, it It's tough to say, like, see, I'm really still, I I think I still might prefer Hinema Tomb over this. I don't know. I don't know. Hinema Tomb's going to be hard to beat. I think I'm going to beat it with the very next track in the next block, but... I don't want to get too ahead of myself on that. Yeah, Hanumatoon was good. Like, like I said, Ballet of Death might be my favorite Killer Instinct track, just in terms of the way that it sounds, but Hanumatoon is probably the most unique. Um, this one here, and I guess it makes sense because the the singer on the track is, you know, actually in a death metal band, but from start to finish, this feels like a complete track, like a complete song that you could potentially hear on Liquid Metal on Sirius XM or something like that. I really gotta re-up on that. I only have it because of the free trial in my car. <laughs> you see, I had it for years. I was one of the original ones to sign up even before Howard Stern was around. I just I haven't re-upped it. I have it in the car. I just haven't re-upped it. Yeah, I only have it because of the trial for my car that I bought. Uh, I think that trial actually expires later this month, so I don't know that I'll be re-upping my sub to XM. I don't really need it. Like, I have Spotify. I mean, we do our own hair metal show now. I don't need I don't need Hair Nation anymore. So but Howard Stern, Baba Booey. Who cares about Howard Stern? Hit him with the hyena. Our audience cares about Howard Stern. I don't even. I've never cared that much about Howard Stern. The, the man's an institution. God bless him. I mean, he's very, very popular and very famous for what he does, but his content just isn't that appealing to me. Yeah, I am more of an honest guy. I get it. <laughs> more of a Joe Rogan guy. <laughs> Go we'll take your ivermectin, Brad. <laughs> just kidding. He's just a stoner, so that's all that matters. <laughs> Our last track in that block is from Wolfenstein, The New Order. 
So it's kind of interesting that before Mick even started working on Doom for Bethesda, you know, he actually started off with the, I guess, reintroduction with the Wolfenstein series because Wolfenstein had went away for a while and then it came back with the New Order and just took everything by storm. It was such a freaking awesome game. I was a big fan of the New Order and the Old Blood, which we have a track from coming up to kick off our next block. Um, I think those games were stellar. I really do. It's great. I've said this on many a show. Any game I get to kill me some Nazis, love it. And the name of this track is Kill Everyone. And you know that's what we're trying to do. We're running around trying to kill everyone. I keep trying. So far, I've been caught. (laughs) Trying to kill all the Nazis. Get rid of them. Oh, yeah, them too. That's what I meant. And Wolfenstein. Oh, in the video game. I mean, I haven't done video game. in real life. Video game. Come on now. In the video game. Yeah, this is a dope track. Just don't check out of my house. Um, yeah, it is a dope track. <laughs> yeah, I really, like I said, the entire soundtrack to Wolfenstein, the new order, is is pretty good from start to finish. And I, I We should have got Billy like, Blasco in Smash Brothers. Come on, man. I feel like Mick Gordon would have still moved on to work on Doom had Wolfenstein, you know, not been as successful as it was. But I think Wolfenstein being the big success that it was certainly contributed to helping Mick Gordon, you know, kind of move on to the <laughs> to the roles of composer for Doom and eventually Doom Eternal. And I mean, hell, he even did the music for Prey for Bethesda. So um, in Arcane Studios, obviously. But it's I, I, he's almost becoming like not necessarily in house <laughs> for them, but they tend to keep going back to him. If he were to go out and just, I, I would I would buy tickets to go to a concert, like just how they do like Distant Worlds and Symphony of the Gods. Well, yeah, remember uh, remember when he performed on Awards? stage at the Grammy? It was so cool, dude. But it was like four or five years ago. Yeah, but if, if you just want to take that trip out, you know, maybe just do a, a day in Pueblo. That'd be cool. What if, what if he performed at your food truck? Like, he could have all the chili cheese dogs he wants. Heavenly Dog starring Mick Gordon. Make it so. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll airbrush him on the back of my truck. I don't care. We do have the Game Awards coming up Thursday night. You can watch live along with us, youtube.com forward slash RPG era. I don't think we're going to get a performance from Mick Gordon. However, we are getting a performance from Sting. Starting up a brand new day. He just put out a uh, a really, really beautiful track for Arcane, that show that's based off of League of Legends. And yeah, he's performing that live. Damn, Sting's so. on a roll. He's, he was on Only Murders in the Building as a character. He's, he has a career resurgence. <laughs> he, he's, he's, out, he's out there fighting with Darby Island. And... He's everywhere. Yeah. He's everywhere right now. But it would be cool to see Mick Gordon back on stage at the Game Awards. Hopefully we can make that happen. But yeah, I think it would be really cool just to see him do a show, even if it was a one-off. Like if it was in L.A. around, a, you know, around the Game Awards time or around Ether. You know what I mean? Kind of like how like you mentioned Distant Worlds, but they always hit up L.A. every time that there's a big thing going on. He should do it in Cleveland. For the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? We could do that. We could make it happen. We could uh, we could hold it at the uh, First Energy Stadium right next door where the Cleveland Browns play. Yeah, they're called the Cleveland Browns because they're shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to our next block of three. We are picking things up. We are jumping into the old blood, which was the follow-up to the new order for Wolfenstein. We are peeking our head into Doom, and then we have two tracks from Prey, so we're going to listen to the first track, and we'll be back after these three.
You're listening to The Partisan from Wolfenstein The Old Blood, released May 5th, 2015, composed by Mick Gordon, featuring Tex Perkins on vocals. When they poured across the border I was cautioned to surrender This I could not do I took my gun and I vanished I have changed my name so often I've lost my wife children but I have many friends and some of them are with me
this is Kyle, and one day you can be too. Every Friday, I host what is soon to be your favorite podcast, The Media Files. Me and one of my best friends talk about pop culture happening so that you don't look like an uncultured swine during those boring water cooler conversations. Laughs are shared, tears are cried, and sometimes we have really interesting special guests that you might be familiar with. Download The Media Files wherever you download podcasts, and remember, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later. You're listening to Flesh and Metal from Doom, released May 13th, 2016, composed by Mick Gordon.
You're listening to The Phantoms from Prey, released May 5th, 2017, composed by Mick Gordon. in with that excellent excellent track from the old blood called the partisan featuring tex perkins on vocals how good was that it's great man uh tex perkins is an australian singer i looked him up it's been pretty prolific uh mick gordon bring in the metal tex perkins bring in the uh the down under funk country not really country i guess but he's got his own band called the cruel sea they're a rock band. He also performed with Beasts of Bourbon, Thug, that, the James that's a Baker cool name. Experience, Beasts of Bourbon, <laughs> The Butcher Shop, Salamander Jim, and Tex, Don, and Charlie. <laughs> oh, Tex. 
Text Don and Charlie. Yeah, dude. I like the, the old blood. Like I said, the original, like when Wolfenstein came back, New Water, it was like a game changer. It was like, like, I remember playing the original Wolfensteins and yeah, they were okay. They, they, they were just. You're, you're, they were okay. They, they, they were just okay. These games were amazing. Oh, yeah. Like I said, this was definitely a resurgence for Wolfenstein. And I think the popularity of them certainly, certainly helped Mick Gordon's career out in terms of, you know, what we would see him do after Wolfenstein, because looking at what he did prior to Wolfenstein and then what he did after Wolfenstein in the Old Blood, you can kind of tell where his career just completely turned. I'm still waiting for him to do the new Pokemon game. Maybe Legends of Arceus. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll have a... Uh, an insane metal track somewhere in the uh, in the Sinnoh region. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very cool pick though, and a very different side of Mick Gordon once again. Something that you know we're not hearing too much of. We did focus a lot on the metal and the the rock and the the dubstep that is Mick Gordon, but this is very again. I don't I don't really want to call say, it. I don't maybe folk like. But like that, but not, but not, but not folk, folk. But not folk. But it's almost, it's got a lot of elements of country. It really does. But country music, by essence, has to be made in America, so it can't be country music. Well, it was made in America. He's just from Australia. I'll allow it. I guess Keith Urban is technically Australian, so he kind of is. Isn't is his wife? Isn't Nicole Kidman from Australia too? Yeah. Yeah. Look at that bunch of Australians together. How cool! See, you listen to VG Mania, you learn things. <laughs> <laughs> about ah, roughly two and a half, three minutes in or so, we get a bit of a different like motion in the track though, because you know you had the build up and you had the country style, but then you get the the heavy drums, the heavy guitar kicks in, and and then it slows back down. It's a really cool track. It's a very good pick and a very good showcase piece for an for a for a composer appreciation episode because. I like when we're able to highlight so many different sides of a composer. And man, Tex, what a singer. What a freaking singer. You're absolutely right. He killed they that could, track. They could play the song on the radio. Like, this is just, it's a, it's a complete song. Like, I mean, a lot of people look down on video game music. Like, this is art. This is art in its finest. Yeah, it's really, really well done. We move into, with our middle track, Mick Gordon's introduction with Doom. And you chose Flesh and Metal as our representation from the 2016 version of Doom. How freaking badass is this track? This is the... Uh, if, uh, this is just the like the standard basic battle music right like basic basic battle like normal like fight music yeah that's what i picked for doom eternal to close out the show too was just like the basic music that's playing when you're running around killing enemies like not necessarily in the overworld but kind of i guess the overworld um this is just that that standard music that plays i it's seven minutes dude seven minutes of just brutality and brutality blood blood baths (laughs) Uh, this is my brutality, Rhea Ripley. There you go. Oh gosh, she's teamed up with a super. She's teamed up with a superhero. Who looks like a butterfly. It's not a good. Things are rotten in the state of Denmark. In WWE. <laughs> yeah, what a cool track. I really was a big fan of Doom 2016. Obviously, I mean, it was a stellar game. I've still not finished Doom Eternal though. Neither have I, and I love that game. My only issue with Doom was it was a little hard. Oh, it's very challenging. I mean, it's it's a challenging game, but it's meant to be. 
I mean, Doom was always Doom was always hard, especially if you play on like Nightmare. But this was hard on easy. I usually play on normal if I can. Um, I never try to challenge my skills by going on hard or Nightmare or insane. Like I just, I don't play games to be frustrated. I play games to have fun, and generally I can do that on the normal difficulty setting. But I'll be honest, as I get older. I tend to find myself kind of gravitating toward easy sometimes too. Like I, I, used, to, I, just, I used to be, I used to be down on easy, not so much anymore. I, I mean, don't have game, the patience. Game, I, play, I, I do play a game that frustrates me though. It's Cold Fantasy Football, and you can go to hell, Joe. <laughs> I uh, I just don't have the time or the patience to die over and over and over and over again if it's not something that I want to be doing. I was going to say, don't you play Dark Souls? (laughs) Well, yes, but see, in those games, I want to be doing that. I want to be dying over and over because that's the point of the game. Doom, you don't really need to die over and over because you're not trying to learn strats. You're not trying to learn encounters. It's just, it's freaking Doom. You just kill things. Sometimes it's just challenging, but... Just mindless killing and pure fun. Mindless killing and pure fun. Slap down the box, you'll sell them all. I think it probably... Is on the box somewhere. Probably is. <laughs> Frank says. Yeah, definitely not going to say Frank says, but it might say something similar to that. But yeah, Flesh and Metal is a very good pick from Doom. We've played a lot from 2016 Doom. Not so much from Doom Eternal. We've only played two tracks so far. We'll have a, a third one finally later on to close out with, but uh, we've played a decent amount from 2016 Doom. Our last track in that block is our first track of two on today's episode from Prey, which was done by Arcane Studios and Bethesda. This game was one of the initial video reviews that we ever did for Level Down Games, so that's kind of exciting. Back when I was learning how to do video reviews and all that kind of stuff. Um, I really enjoyed Prey. I thought Prey was very underappreciated for how cool it was and I think as like the years have gone on and the game has been out more people have kind of accepted that Prey's just a really fun good game but I remember there were some people that were kind of down on it when it first released but I was always a big fan I thought Prey was really cool I thought the story was really cool and of course the soundtrack with what Mick Gordon was able to do with this like it's sort of like a thriller. It's not necessarily a horror game, but it's sort of got some thriller elements to it. You are stuck in space on this vessel, and you are being hunted by these alien creatures, and it, it's pretty intense at times. And the music represents that. So what we have here, the one that we just heard called The Phantoms, was the one that I submitted from Prey. Uh, This is an early track in the game, and if I remember exactly where this is, I want to say this is your introduction to the actual, like, enemies that you are encountering throughout Prey, because did you play Prey or no? I played the original Prey in 2006. Yeah, the one that was nothing to do with this. The one that starred... But, 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 composed by Jeremy Soule. Composed by Jeremy Soule. It starred that... um, Native American yes. lead character. I don't remember his name, but yeah, had nothing to do with this prey. Um, yeah, definitely uh, just a complete reboot. But the enemies in this version were these like staticky, scratchy, black, shadowy figures. 
and the name of this track called The Phantoms, it perfectly describes what these characters look like in-game. So your introduction to these characters on the vessel comes with this track. It's just a really cool moment, dude. And then from there, you know, just crap, it's the fan. And I see those figures uh, anytime I take NyQuil, like for real. Like it's that's one of the side effects for me. Just evil dark shadows flying around my room. So, really? Yeah, it's, it's weird. See, every time I take NyQuil, I usually just go to sleep. No, I fight the sleep. I want, I, I want to play with darkness. <laughs> well, just don't get abandoned in space. Otherwise, Mick Gordon might be composing your life. How awesome would that be? Frank, Wilson's face. <laughs> Composed by Mick Gordon. Yes. <laughs> you can only hope. <laughs> Mick Gordon would probably lose his mind. Like, how many eating themes does this guy need? God, isn't he, is, isn't he big enough? Never too big. <laughs> Cultivating mess. <laughs> oh, man. I'm actually a little sad because we are getting closer and closer to the end of this episode. We have a couple tracks still to go, but before we listen to our last block and get ready to close things out, I do want to mention a couple facts about Mick Gordon. Specifically, uh, did you know that he did a track with Bring Me the Horizon? I did see that. I wanted to pick it, but it's not a video game track. Right. It's it's just a, a, a rock track. Bring Me the Horizon is a Man, they, they kind of were like a screamo band there for a couple of years, but they're more just like metalcore, more, I guess, just basic metal at this point as their sound has evolved throughout the years. But it's cool how Mick Gordon is branching out now off of video game music. The track that they worked on together was called Parasite Eve. Um, That's a good yeah, game. Yeah, it is. Uh, but he is branching out and working on things outside of video games now, which I think is just really freaking cool. Um, he also did the production to the Three Teeth track Paralyze, which Three Teeth is a industrial kind of like synth wavy metal band that I got into a couple years ago. That's actually really dope. And I didn't even know until I was looking at his Wikipedia preparing for this episode that he actually produced one of the tracks for them. So it's cool that he's kind of branching out and doing more than just video games now. Um, Who knows what we're going to see Mick Gordon involved with next. That's pretty exciting. An Australian jazz album. I mean, he's already got ties to Australia, right? With Texas. He's Australian himself. Well, there you go. Even better. Even better. Is he actually from Australia? Oh, he is. Look at that. He is from Australia, but it doesn't say where in Australia. McKay, uh, McKay Australia. Is that like Jessica McKay? Oh, I love her. <laughs> but, but, but McKay is part of Queensland. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, off the Great Barrier Reef. I was just making a dumb joke. That's what we do here. It's, that's, that's part of the fun of you, That's what we do. Uh, he also doesn't drink alcohol, so kudos to him. Neither do I, because if you choose the booze, you lose. Boy, I lost a long time ago then. I lost a long time ago. Uh, we have three more tracks to listen to. Another one from Prey, one from Lawbreakers, and one from the newest Wolfenstein called The New Colossus. Frank, this block coming up was all picked by you. So scared. if you like so so if you don't like it, I apologize uh, for your bad taste. <laughs> Let's kick to these three. We'll be back to close out when we're done. You're listening to Alex's theme from Prey, released May 5th, 2017, composed by Mick Gordon. 
You're listening to Faust from Lawbreakers, released August 8th, 2017, composed by Mick Gordon. You're listening to Blasco Kill the Nazis from Wolfenstein 2 The New Colossus, released October 27th, 2017, composed by Mick Gordon.
coming back in. Frank's bringing the slow. We've got Alex's theme from Prey, a beautiful track by Mick Gordon. Very nice pick. The exact opposite of what you expect from him. Which we had a couple of those throughout the episode yeah. today. We're going to finish out with traditional Mick Gordon. When, when I think of him, all I think about is doom metal. So it's, it's, it's nice that... It's nice that we do these episodes and we actually see, you know, the other yeah, things absolutely. we do. It's so much fun. But the next three tracks all are traditional Mick Gordon. Oh, yes. But in terms of Alex's theme, that kind of goes hand in hand with the partisan that we heard in the previous block with Tex Perkins. Kind of goes with some of the need for speed stuff that we heard earlier on. Maybe a little bit of Hinamatum because it was sort of slower there at, at times as well. Uh, but Alex's theme might actually be the most calm, peaceful, serene track on the episode today, which is pretty impressive because that usually comes from me, not you. <laughs> Every once in a while, I surprise you. Every once in a while, we bring out the slow side of Frank, and it just reminds us how slow Frank really is. Hey, I just got that. <laughs> <laughs> good pick, though. And it does set the the tone good for um, for Prey, obviously. There's a lot of loneliness in this track. There's a lot of desolation in this track. And that is basically what you get with Prey. Again, you are stuck out there by yourself. Probably going to die. At least that's what you're thinking. So the music paints that pretty well. The middle track we have is from Lawbreakers, which Mick Gordon only worked on two tracks for Lawbreakers. If you're interested, you can go check out Very Good Music, a VGM podcast, as we talked about earlier on. They played the other track from Lawbreakers over on that show. Here we have Faust. I never played Lawbreakers, so I can't really speak on this game too much. But wasn't it a battle royale or something similar? It is. Uh, and Faust was a book that I read back in high school about uh, a man making a deal with the devil. So I wonder, <laughs> if it has any, I wonder if it has anything to do with it. Yeah, I don't know. I know that Lawbreakers failed pretty miserably. This was the uh, the Cliffy B game, right? If I'm not mistaken, in Bosky. Yeah, uh, this was his game. Um, I think that there was a lot of potential with Lawbreakers when it came out in 2017. But it just, it failed to really make a name and a mark in the Battle Royale industry, I guess. It doesn't even really describe itself as a Battle Royale. It describes itself as an FPS with, I don't know that it had, did it, I don't even know that it had a Battle Royale mode. It had a Team Deathmatch mode. Yeah, it's not the same. That's... Didn't even have, yeah, it had Turf War, Blitzball, Blitzball, very cool. Occupy, Uplink, Overcharge. Yeah, no Battle Royales. I don't know. I, I thought I thought Lawbreakers actually had a battle royale mode before it, it went away, but I guess it didn't. Um, this was more just like an arena shooter, kind of akin to Overwatch and Apex, and Halo. that's why it didn't do well. I guess Halo to an extent, yeah. I, so, someone left a comment on the YouTube, and I really like this. They say, I swear, Mick Gordon is like the Steven Spielberg of music. Never a dull song, never a dull moment, never misses a beat. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, I would say that's probably a fair comparison. I don't know that Steven, Steven Spielberg has put out amazing things every time he's put something out, has he? Have you watched the news list for E.T.? I mean, those are great, but not everything Steven Spielberg has the done Polar has Express. been great. Okay, you're going to make me look up Steven Spielberg to find the movie <laughs> that I know he did. Let me see here. Let, let's look at Steven Spielberg's 
filmography. Is that the right word? <laughs> yeah, that's the right word. Let's see here. Filmography of Steven Spielberg. You won't find it. You won't find a stinker in there. Ready Player One. I is like that, that any movie. good? Really good movie. Okay, it's okay. And the book is the book is better though. To be fair. The Big Friendly Giant. That's a good movie. The Color Purple, Tintin, the Jurassic Park movies, The Goonies, Gremlins, Indiana Jones. I can go on forever. Who framed Roger Rabbit? I don't know that every hook movie on here is a 10 out of 10 or a stellar, stellar release. Nothing under a nine. I don't know that I would say Lincoln is amazing. It's a good movie, but I don't know that it's amazing. Daniel Day-Lewis got totally method acting with that one. He became Lincoln. He's a very good Abe Lincoln, but that movie is like eight hours long. It is a long-ass movie. I'll give you that. <laughs> but, but by the halfway point, I wanted to kill Lincoln. <laughs> I was ready to go to sleep at halfway point. Just shut up. <laughs> oh, man. And our last track in that block, before we close things out, we are going back to Wolfenstein with the latest release in the new Colossus with a track called Blasco Kill the Nazis, of course. <laughs> That game was a freaking trip, man. Uh, I don't even want to. Sp- I don't even want to spoil what happens, but it's completely and totally utterly insane. Really cool game. It kind of takes the Wolfenstein narrative into a different direction, into a different uh, area that it's never explored before. So it was a little bit refreshing. And I'm very curious to see because I know Wolfenstein isn't done. I'm very curious to see where the IP is going to... Yeah, I'm very curious where the IP is going to go. Because if we go off of, like, traditional how Bethesda does things, we should be seeing machine games pop back up with another Wolfenstein title here in the next year or two. And then we'll see another Doom in another year or two after that. Like, they kind of go back and forth. So Wolfenstein should be next. Since Doom Eternal was last year... I wouldn't be surprised if we're getting close to seeing a Wolfenstein game either in 2022 or 2023. I guess we'll find out the game awards if the. Uh, I don't close. know that we're going to see a Wolfenstein announcement. I don't. I don't know that that's on the table. That might be an E3 announcement for uh, for Microsoft stage for next year. But I'm I could see it finger, happening. I'm gonna keep my fingers crossed. I could see it happening, dude. I'm excited for the game awards. Like I said, I'll be live youtube.com forward slash RPG era. We'll be covering all of the nominees and the winners. We'll be reacting to all of those world premieres. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but that was a good track to close out our look and appreciation into Mick Gordon's career, into his discography of work, and probably one of the more unique composers that we've focused on so far for these composer appreciation episodes that we do here on BG Mania. I would I, I would say probably him and Tommy Tallarico are probably the two like most yeah. unique that we've done so far. Uh, so this was a really fun episode. And again, I know I've mentioned it several times throughout, but if you enjoyed what you heard on this episode, make sure you go check out the episode with Bedroth, Shukapal, and Alex Messenger where they talked about Mick Gordon as well and played, I don't even know. I don't know how many tracks they played in that episode. Uh, I sent it to you, Frank. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. They played 11 tracks, or 12, including the blooper reel. So you can hear quite a bit more from Mick Gordon if you go check their episode out. But unfortunately, Frank... That is going to bring us to the close of our composer appreciation on Mick Gordon. Remember, we'll be back later this week with another composer appreciation. But 
I think we are going to get on out of here, unless you have anything else to say before we do. I think we've said it all. All right. Well, unfortunately, that is going to bring us to the close then of this episode for this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to VG Mania, made possible by RPGera.com. If you like video game music and more importantly, you like us and you want to help grow the show, check the description box for ways you can do just that, including a link to our brand new Patreon. Again, patreon.com forward slash RPG era, where we need your support now more than ever to stay alive. (laughs) Keeping us alive. We're keeping us going. Or you're keeping us going. We're not keeping us going. You are. While you're browsing the description box, make sure that you click on that link to join our Discord community if you're not yet in there. The Discord community has been expanding at a relatively fast pace as of late. We've had like six or seven people jump in over the past week. We are starting to pick up steam in Discord again. The chats are rolling. The chats are flowing. It's a lot of fun. If you're not in Discord, make sure you are. Taking us out of this episode, we're going to be taking a listen to the Super Gore Nest from Doom Eternal. We didn't really talk about it. That's my fault. We'll talk about it now. So, so right now, th- this is the epitome of Doom, the epitome of Rick Gordon, in my opinion. This is everything that I was hoping to hear on this episode. Yeah, this is a, a nice closeout track. That's my fault we didn't talk about it. I moved right into the closing, skipped right over our closeout track. That's my fault. But much like we had with Doom 2016 earlier and... Um, the track that you had picked, Flesh and Metal. The track here, the Super Gore Nest, is your basic combat theme whenever you're just going around slaying and killing enemies in the world. And it literally, like you said, it's just, it encapsulates pretty much everything that you expect from Mick Gordon, everything that you want from Mick Gordon, and everything that Mick Gordon just does really, really, really well. It's a really good track. It's five and a half minutes of hellacious metal. Just wants to, it it just makes you want to get out there and kill demons and and kill the creatures from hell. It's a really good track. So we're going to close out with that one. Again, it's called the Super Gore Nest from Doom Eternal, which released back on March 20th, 2020, composed as everything on the episode was today by Mick Gordon. Keep the music playing and keep it loud.